T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, I'm just hanging out. i tell you what. Tell me what. You know what? I'm thinking about something interesting. I like to play around the internet, and I see all these stories that are mm-hmm. happening. I mean, it's a lot of stories. Talking about mid-engine Corvettes and makes me want to vomit. I mean, there's all stuff. But I love <laughs> the classic collector car news that's coming out. Did you see the news? That's nothing new, but a 79 Trans Am that's making the news right now. 65 miles on it? 65 actual miles on this car. One owner car. Um, quick background on the car. It actually belonged to a man named William Leland Jr. Well, let me, let's me let just stop right there for a second and talk about William Leland Jr. Let's talk about Jr. here. Well, William Leland Put Jr. Put the evidence in the car, Jr. In the car! It wasn't that Jr., was it? No, afraid no. not. Anyway, William Leland Jr. is a direct descendant of the Lelands that actually founded Lincoln and Cadillac. Mm. Big, long-time GM people. He was a Trans Am fan for the word go. Big Smokey and the Bandit fan. Um, Leland was sick, though. Not money, but he was sick. Um, he actually died at 42. Um, but his perfect car was the Trans Am, the same Trans Am. And so he bought one when he was 18 years old and right put on. it up. Right on. He thought that was the perfect car, the 79 Trans Am. He ordered it just like he wanted it. And like I said, the car came in and, uh, you know, basically this car was like an altar for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was he never drove sixty five miles. The car was never driven. Yeah, um, the car was put up in beautiful storage. I mean, it's as new as a seventy nine Trans Am can get. Um, you know, the car has been passed down through the family through the years. Uh, you know, this car is almost four decades old and it has sixty five miles. His original tires, his original window sticker, still in the on the passenger's window. He paid ten thousand ninety five dollars for it. That's crazy. Well, I don't say he paid that. That's what the window sticker says. $10,095. Right. He, he probably talked him down to probably like 9800 or, or something. Or something. But you know what I mean. You know, so now it's been passed on to the third owner, and the car is for sale. And it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, this car is. Uh, there's a big classic car outfit up there in Charlotte called RK Motorsports. Those guys are really big. They've been around for a long time. And they always get some of this odd stuff. And they ended up with this Trans Am. Would you like to take a guess at what they're asking for the little prized bird? I, I I haven't read the article on this car, and I'm gonna take a guess, and I'm gonna say somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred and twenty thousand. One hundred and fifty nine nine. I'm not too far. Sixteen off. Sixteen times the original asking price for this car. So now, I keep in mind, I, I wonder if I came up there with cash, if the one twenty could get it. I doubt it. <laughs> Highly, they'd finance the rest for you. <laughs> the. Uh, you know, the, you can actually go to the RK Motorsports webs, website and actually check this car out. It has all the pictures. I mean, it's immaculate. It's 39 years old. And it's brand new. Right. Um, the car is actually equipped with a 403, you know, automatic. 6.6 liter. 6.6 liter. Uh, 
that has a hundred mile an hour speed on. Keep in mind these were the really horrible days for muscle cars. Even the vets had hundred. Oh. Actually, some of the vets had eighty five mile an hour. I speed have on one of these six point six liters, and it is a dog. Yeah. I'll let you know. Well, it's not even that so much. It's even the speedometer won't even lie to you. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway, uh, AM FM eight track player with black cloth bucket seats. Now this is something that's got to be rare in a Trans Am. Yeah, because everyone I've ever seen either had the pleather or leather in them. I mean, yeah. I've never really seen one with cloth seats from the factory. Well, this car's odd. got black cloth seats in it, so that's kind of neat. I mean, it is a T-top car. It's, extro- of course, extremely low mileage, and, you know, that reflects the value. I mean, that's the only thing that's the selling point of this car. And, of course, it's got the snowflake wheels, the original Uniroyal white letter tires. I mean, this car is brand hammer Tiger Pauls. <laughs> Actually, these aren't Tiger Pauls, but they're, oh, they're this, this is a little before the Tiger Pauls. Um and I mean, so I mean, what's a hundred and sixty thousand dollars? What are you going to do with this car? You'd have to do the same thing that's already been done with it. You know, I'd expect a collector, kind of like Jay Leno or someone, to step in and buy a car like this. Would you buy? Would you buy a low mileage car like this? Um, if I had the means and a Trans Am was my thing. In the words of Jay Z and Jermaine Dupri, if money ain't a thing. If money ain't a thing, and uh, and I just was a big fan of Trans Ams. Yeah, maybe. But I, I'm not what you would consider a collector. I'm more of a driver. If I bought a car like this, I would drive it. So I would never go after Do this Do you realize car. how big of a turd this car would be if you tried to drive it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it would give you problems left and right. So I wouldn't personally go after a car like this. Now, I do love low-mileage cars, but this one's just a little excessive for my personal liking. It's a dust magnet. It's what this car is. Yeah. It it's is, something to wipe on it's and a to look at. paperweight is all it is. And I mean, it is. You put it in your private collection. Yes. I mean, it I belongs mean, like in a museum. Like I said, someone like Jay Leno, I could see stepping in and buying Jay a Jay Leno drives these things. I mean, he wouldn't want well, this. Well, got a valid point there, too. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy about it. You know, and I mean, I mean, this is like... It's not like it's a first-gen Camaro or first-gen fiber. I mean, it's a 79 Trans Am with one of the small, I mean, probably the lowest horsepower Trans Am ever. Yeah, well, I think what those things are rated for like 165, 185 horsepower. I think it's 185 horsepower. 185 but I mean, yeah. it's got the shaker hood on it. Like, that's kind of cool. And it's got the gold bird. I mean, it's a black and gold, like a banded edition Trans Am. Well, you know, it's bad when Hal Needham even put a Chevy small block that was built into the Trans Am to make it do some of the things they needed to do for the Well, movie. for the stunts, yeah, because it just didn't have enough power to pull it off. Like, I mean, for the jump car, it actually had a hopped-up small block Chevrolet in it. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, that's just a, a, a true testament to how lackluster these cars are. And, I mean, they sold on style. Now, keep in mind, these also were the years of some of the best-selling cars. Of course, Smoking the Bandit made these cars. They idolized these cars. So they sold millions of these things because of Burt Reynolds and, you know, and Hal Needham and all that stuff and Jerry Reed in this movie. But you got to think about it. The best-selling year Corvette was a 79 Corvette. It was actually the slowest Corvette ever made. Yeah. The cars sold on style. I mean, these things were gorgeous. Which, I mean, and we've talked about this before. You know, the 70s, late 70s especially, once they killed out the muscle car in 74, it went downhill and downhill fast. I mean, I got a 77 with the same motor in it, and the thing won't get up its own way. Now, it runs amazingly. Yeah. I mean, and, a, and, and these motors, the, the 6.6 liter, they run immaculately, but the car itself, I mean, to, to be able to spin a tire in it like you've seen in Smokey and the Bandit, it had to be fresh out of the box. That's about the only way. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just a. I mean, that's that's my thing. Like, I see the popular. Like, if it was a 77 Trans Am, like a true bandit Trans Am. Yeah. This is Smokey and the Bandit, too. 
this car is. Yeah. But if it was a true, like, 77 smoking abandoned Trans Am with 65 miles on it, I think you're hitting close on that number. A 79 Trans Am, <clears throat> I mean, you know, there's some Pontiac aficionados out there from way back. But I don't know if that car will ever pull that kind of number. But yeah, and then you get to talk about low mileage, like you just said, you know, the problems you're going to be plagued with. Well, this car, it's a, it's a roller. That's all it's ever going to be. Yeah. I mean, you would unless never. Unless you were blowing it apart to restore it. Unless you unless you virtually mechanically restored this car. Right. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's never going to be any more than what it is right now. And, and I can give you, you know, talking about my 77, I can give you a prime example of that. It's got 46,000 miles on it from the factory. It's plaguing me with problems, mechanical issues, because you got to think if you if you look at the average miles that people drive a car a year, for the last thirty years this car is set. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's just it's going to be problematic. Well, I mean, and, and we're going to talk about that a little more here in the next few segments. But I mean, the deterioration. I mean, you can't stop the hands of time. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, that's the thing. I don't care how well you've took care of or how well you've put it up, everything ages. So, you know, back to the original question of would I buy a car like this if, you know, the money wasn't an object? I don't think I would. Because I, I'm going to be after that 70, well, of course, I'm going to be after that 77 Trans Am that's got, you know, 120,000 miles on it that's been very well kept. It's already equipped with a whip antenna. Yeah, it's already got the whip antenna on it that's been pretty well took care of. The 6.6 has been through it, or maybe there's an LS6 sitting under the hood. Mm. Woot. But, you know, still with the shaker. But, you know, it's been through, and you can actually get in this car and drive it and, and, you know, spin the tire and have a little fun and and not really worry about it if you want to take it to a car show. Um, that's, just, that's just me. I mean, I want a clean, nice car, but at the same point in time, and, and something like this, just, just sit in your garage and look at it. If you move it, you've ruined it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I'm all about low-mileage cars. But, like, you know, I'm all about, like, a 50,000-mile car or a 43,000-mile car that you, you can still get in and drive it. Now, do you want to start driving across country in it? No. No, but, but if, you know what? If, if you if, want to drive it to work one day a week, if, it's fine. If your 43,000-mile car next year has, I don't know, 52,000 miles on it, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. You know? You didn't ruin anything. No, you didn't. I mean, you still have a very low-mileage car. And a car you can get in and drive. Well, I'll tell you what we got to get into is these commercials right here. And God guys, stay, I know, it kills me every time. Tell you what, guys, stay tuned. We're talking a lot more about these low-mileage collector cars right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3-W-O-R-D. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, we're talking about low-mileage collector cars. We are, we are, we are. So, I'll tell you what. You know what, let's say you're looking for your next collector car or your first collector car. And, you know, with Bear Jackson this past week in Las Vegas, the Mandalay Bay, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, these cars, that's where you see a lot of these cars on TV, and it's really spiked an in interest in these low-mileage cars. you got guys, that's all they collect now is low-mileage cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you got to think about these cars. Why are they so popular? Well, you know, my I mean, it's not like you jump in and drive them. My personal opinion, I've never owned what I would, the highest mileage car I've ever owned was 160,000 miles. And the thing I look at is, well, you know, okay, like my pace car, it's got the 46,000 miles on it from the factory. I look at it like, well, someone's put that car up and took care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a 63 uh, Bel Air. It had 74,000 miles on it. 
That car's not been driven a lot. It was probably, you know, Grandma's car she drove to church and the grocery store every Sunday. Well, keep in mind also, people didn't drive as much as they did now. No, they didn't. So, I mean, you got to look at that. I mean, you know, e- even looking at when I bought my Silverado SS, the 04 one, the, the one that's currently accordion that we just had a funeral for that might be getting resurrected, by the way. Um, <laughs> more to come on that. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but, uh... You know, even when I bought it, it had under a hundred thousand miles on it. I just, I've always been after low mile, lower mileage cars, because of the fact that I, I don't know, I just, I feel a, a sense of security there that they have taken care of it, that the car has been well kept. You know, the, you know, you see, my the biggest thing that plagues me that I hate seeing is you'll see a brand new truck like the one you just got. And it's six months old now, and there's rust falling off of it, and it's got two hundred and something thousand miles on, it, which isn't even feasibly possible. But you, you see, never these, turned it off. Yeah, you see these trucks going up and down the road, and it it kills me. So to see one that you know it's five years old now, and it's got fifty six thousand miles on it, and it's been well taken care of, and it looks like the day it rolled through the factory floor, showroom floor, that's what I like going after. Well, okay. I mean, and I understand that, but I mean, so I mean, I think I mean, I think I know why people like them. I mean, they're sought after, and it's cool to stay. This story, this story, you know, it's got this car's only got ten thousand miles on it, or vice versa. And I say, you know what? You found your gently driven classic, you know, with a odometer barely out of elementary school. <laughs> but I mean, and this is a cool thing, you know. But what makes it collectible? What makes this season still worth so much? Well, I think, you know. And it's all hearsay, if you think about it. So let's say, okay, if you look, I mean, like, I went on to the Haggerty Evaluation Guide and actually used a couple later model cars, you know, instead of dipping into deep classics. You know, how about like a 0506 Ford GT, like we were talking about earlier? All right, those cars are known as always collectible. Right. You know, they're, they're only made for a few years. They actually bring more money now than they did when they were new. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the rare few new cars that actually will do that. Um, I will give Ford that on those cars. It's actually a good investment. <laughs> exactly. And then you've got, you know, like the Cadillac CTSV wagon. You know, they make a whole lot of them. But, but that car is also kind of a niche car. So I would call that more of a collectible now car because it's popular. You know, it's a Cadillac station wagon with a manual transmission in it. I mean, that's just... I don't know, man. You know, I don't want to get into a rabbit trail on those, but I think that will be an always collectible, too. I think, you know, in a niche market, yes, but I think there'll be more people sought after the Ford GT than the Cadillac CTSV yeah, wagon. Um, now, keep in mind, the Ford GT is way out of more people's reach where the Cadillac CTSV will be more attainable. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but anyway, you know, so and I think that's what makes these cars, you know, like auction results in these cars, but it's so funny, the numbers change. If you look up an 0506 Ford GT with 60,000 miles on it, which is not loaded with miles, but high miles considered for this car, the drastic difference in price of these cars. Right. Versus one with 10,000 miles on it, which is still driven, just not much, 10,000 miles. There's 80% difference in the price. 80%. The CTSV, there's 60% difference. And, and you know, I got I got to ask why too. I mean, I understand. I if mean, the, if the car's got three hundred and something thousand miles on it, yeah, she's probably getting a little worn out. But you know, where's that line drawn? 
You know, would you consider thirty thousand miles? Would you consider things starting to be worn out there? Well, what they're doing is 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 Haggerty's actually done the homework for you here, and I was reading on their site talking about low mileage cars, and they got a really cool valuation tool that you can actually go on their website, Haggerty.com, and you can look up your car and you can actually evaluate, and it's fairly close. Um, and, you know, and and it was kind of neat, kind of going through the mileage and all that stuff, moving around. So now, let's say your Ford GT has one hundred miles on it, right? The price is ninety eight percent better than the one with thirty thousand miles on it, or sixty thousand miles on it. It's so funny. After ten thousand miles, the price don't change; the number stays the same. From from ten to sixty on the Ford GT, it's worth the same amount. So why don't you just drive it? Yeah, but I mean, now under ten, there's a huge difference. Nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine miles makes all the difference. So what do you do? You just get in your GT and enjoy it to that ten thousand miles and stop. Yeah, and, and sell it. Yeah, at nine thousand miles, you just sell this bad boy and go get you another one. And the same way with the Cadillac too. About ten thousand across the board on anything, especially the later model things, um, totally changes everything. And I mean. I think another big thing is like how I was calling the, the Cadillac a collectible now because it's a niche market car. I think it causes a little difference in it. And the Ford GT is, I mean, it is a supercar in every sense of the word. Right. But, uh, and the Cadillac CDV is just like muscle. I mean, it's just, it's it's muscle with leather seats and <laughs> it hauls crib midgets, you know? But it's cool. Crib though. midget capabilities. It is. I mean, it's like a Hemi station wagon back in the day, you know? I mean, like a Monaco station wagon with a Hemi in it. But you got a CTSV wagon. So, you know, to me, I've always considered 100,000 miles plus is starting to reach that. Not there, but starting to reach that high mileage. I don't know. It's something about when you get into the six digits. That's what's always done it for me. So to find a car with under 100,000 miles is always where I wanted to be. But that's changing, though. Is it so much? I mean, if you can find a 56 Chevrolet that, man, it only had 87,000 miles on it. I mean, honestly, to me, that's low mileage. Well, but no, you think you got to think about the think about the quality of oils back in the day. How less refined things were. Cars were wore out way before 100,000 miles, especially with 56 Chevrolet. Yeah, but you're also talking about a motor that's so easily rebuilt, and the parts are so easily obtainable. Well, if the engine's rebuilt, then what's the difference? Well, it's a mechanical rebuild. It's not, you know, at that point, it's not, you know. I'll be honest with you, if it was rebuilt today, it's probably better than it was new. Yeah, I actually, I agree. Built to closer tolerances than it was new. Mm-hmm. But like I said, though, I mean, it's so funny. These numbers, though, once you get past 10,000 miles, you might as well just start well, driving. how does that play out on restorations? Well, see, restorations, it won't be low mileage because it's only original once. Well, I mean, if that. it's restored, it really doesn't care. It don't matter anymore anyway. And, I mean, you'll hear a lot of guys say in these auctions, cosmetic restorations, things of that nature. But, you know, all in all, I, the low mileage thing... I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, something what you're into. Well, you know, you look at your dad's Corvette though, the fifty-seven thousand mile one. Fifty-five thousand. Fifty-five thousand mile. You know, is that getting too high in mileage? I personally don't think so. Well, I think also you take the years in account. Now we're talking about an 0506 car versus a nineteen sixty-seven car. Yeah, you've got a valid point there. But like I said, we got a lot of valid points, and we're really going to beat this, beat all the way around this thing. And you'll play devil's advocate with these low mileage cars right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. All right, guys, coming up next on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening? Man, I'll tell you what's happening. We're talking hang on, about... hang on, i got to stop you. Because we got to take a moment. I forgot to do this earlier. And I want to wish a speedy recovery and a speedy feel better 
and a speed to get your car back right to both Jeff Lutz and Steve Torrance, who were previous calling guests here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Actually, was texting Steve Torrance earlier today and told him, like, you know, way to go. Stay yeah. out of that wall next time. Exactly. So if you didn't watch this past weekend. Uh, Steve bo- jumped out of that car. Did you watch the replay of that? Yes. He jumped out of that car with both hands in the air. He did the Rocky. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he just did a very impressive wreck and just like, yeah. 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 I did that. Yeah, I did that one. But seriously, I hope both of those guys the best and hope both of those guys get their cars back together. I know Jeff Lutz is currently working on his in Tennessee. Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah so. he actually has got all points bulletins. Everybody looking for parts for that thing to get it back together. <laughs> so good luck, guys. Um, try to keep it off the wall next time. Um, but let's get back to what we were talking about. You know, we're talking about these low mileage classic cars. And, you know, I mean, you've saved up your money. Is right. this really the car you want to buy? I mean, is it real? You got to think about it. Everybody automatically assumes, I want that low mileage something, something. But, I mean, I get it. I mean, humans are genetically pre programmed to enjoy like new and immaculate things. I mean, right. I mean, that's, that's the automatic way of determining value. Well, mine's got lower mileage on it. But is it necessarily the best car? Not necessarily. It's all depends on Because it could be a rough low miles. It could. I'm telling you, I've seen I've seen cars with 100,000 miles that look they had 10,000 miles. I've seen 18 year old girls that look like 60 year old girls. I'm saying meth never once. But. High five it, brother. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> but you know, and the same applies to cars. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, it's horrible. I mean, too, too many weekends at the drag strip. She might only have 30,000 miles on her, but it's been a rough 30. <laughs> when it's done a quarter mile at a time, that's bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. Don't want to meet the love of your life at the drag strip, boys. I'm just telling you. That's where, that's where Miss Pitt's number one was found. <coughs> and we see how well that went. <coughs> yeah, 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 really. Moving right along. Anyway, hate drag racing. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> that's where I retired from, from drag racing. But anyway, but uh, we were talking about the uh, the low-mileage cars. And, uh, to, you know, time ages everything. You can't stop the hands of time. And I don't care how... How well this car's been put up or took care of, it's still going to age. And you're thinking, well, it's perfect. It's sitting in a climate-controlled garage. Yeah, perfect. Well, just take like that 79 Trans Am, for example. I don't care what you do about it. If you drain all the fluids out of it, once that car's built, the clock is ticking on this car Put still. Put that thing in drive one time and come back. Just take it on a, a nice little brisk five-mile drive. Come back and tell me what's leaking. Or better yet, tell me what isn't leaking. You know, and I mean, and maybe to the untrained eye, it looks like brand new. But look at it like this, like the human body. Just imagine, Odd if you were sitting for five years, you're saving yourself. Yeah. Try getting up. Yeah. I mean, your muscles aren't going to work right. You're going to have aches and pains and all kinds of stuff. You know, just so now let's switch back from human bodies because that's not my specialty. Maybe for the ladies. <laughs> but anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Like, switch off Todd of this. Well, you know, something my father, God rest his soul, used to tell me all the time, and I think it stands true. If you got a car and you drive it hard everywhere you go, quite like you do with your Malibu, and then all of a sudden the next owner comes along and he buys it and he babies it, he's going to have problems. Quite the opposite. If you buy grandma's car that she's had for the past 40 years and she's babied it everywhere she went, and all of a sudden you turn it into your weekend hot rod, you're going to have problems with it. you got to blow them cobwebs out of that thing. Exactly. So so quite the same thing. Cars kind of get trained. They kind of get into a routine of how they're ran, how, how they operate. 
And when you change this routine all of a sudden, you buy this 65-mile Trans Am, and now all of a sudden you're driving it and you're putting it through its paces, guess what? She's going to give out on you pretty quick. You better have AAA. Exactly, because you're going to need it. I tell you what, I mean, just something like sit to the untrained eye. You know, and, and cosmetically, it would look fine. Oh, it'd look gorgeous. But you got to think about lubrication's key in any engine. I mean, I mean, you got to agree with that, right? Right. Your well, fluids well, are the life of a motor. Where, where's your oil at? In the bottom. It just stayed in the bottom pan. So that means everything on top of that motor is dry. So I mean, I mean, there's nothing unless you tear that motor apart and you know prime the oil pump and all that. You got to think about it, nothing's been lubricated. How about the pistons and the cylinder walls? Yeah. I mean, you could have you could the motor could be locked down in that transam from sitting. Yeah, oxidation exists exactly. And I mean, then then you got to think an engine is an open loop system. I mean, it is. Well, you got to think about it. I mean, there's still air getting in there. Everything. I mean, even if it's in a climate control building, you have humidity, which also is going to make moisture. Um, Another thing you got to think about is all the bearings and seals and cylinder walls. Of course, like we're talking about rocker arms, etc. Basically, anything that has metal to metal contact. How about a cooling system? How about antifreeze and cooling system? That stuff eats rubber and aluminum from the inside out yes. it's been sitting and if you drained all these things it's still you're i mean it's just leaks waiting it, to happen. It, as soon as you put pressure on all these lines it's going gonna down start the road, popping hoses right and left popping hoses radiator failure head gasket failure i exactly. mean you're opening the doors water well, jackets well how failure. about all the rust inside the motor from all the in the water sitting in the in the uh what you call it cooling jackets water yep. jackets another thing you gotta think about too is how about the automatic transmission in this thing yeah how about the seals and that thing i mean i, I would be shocked if it went in the gear yeah, well, I mean, that's something I'm dealing with on my pace car right now. Exactly, After dried out seals and leaks from city. It leaks uh, under every, everywhere there's a seal, there's transmission fluid slowly dripping out. And just another thing you think about, too, with these cars. If it's a classic with AC, I can almost guarantee you that will not work. I promise you, it's a pressurized gas. Another problem yeah, I'm having. Exactly. Um, brake systems. How about that? I mean, brake fluid will evaporate. Now, brake luckily, fluid will draw moisture, too. Luckily, my brake system has been gone through on the pace car. Yeah. So, but you got to think but, about it. Wheel cylinders. Corroded. You know, or brake calipers. Rubber hoses, your rubber brake hoses. I mean, this is the things you got to Corroded. think about. Mast cylinders, you know, that thing always got seals in there, buddy. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, you got to think about all this stuff. And these are these cars with low miles on. These are the ones you're going to pay extra money to get. And it's all because it hasn't been driven, hasn't been used. Yeah. Um, so maybe then, a little usage would in save the long these run. cars. In the it would best is actually the better car. Yeah. Um, then you got to how about these 80s and 90s cars that are becoming extremely popular with the millennial crowd now. Um, you know, with all the electronics in them, and I know, you know, they're primitive to today's standards in the cars, but just think about ABS systems, digital dashes, body control modules, airbag systems. I mean, some of these cars have airbags in them now that are becoming Power clever. windows. Exactly. Which, I mean, power windows are fairly simple, but you've even got a body control module that's working all that stuff in the newer cars. Yeah. But then you think about, you know, the adjustable suspensions, like your Corvettes with electronic suspensions in them. You know, that stuff's not going to work. And the list goes on and on. Cruise control. And, I mean, basically, if you don't use it, you tend to lose it in the automobile. Well, I mean, even now, I mean, uh, if you want a prime example of uh, of things failing like this, everything in the 80s, within reason, had flip-up headlights. How many of them work nowadays? Exactly. How yeah. many of them do you get, get under there and find the hand crank to get it to turn around? Exactly. Because... Or it, you see that one Firebird riding around it has got the winky eye. Yeah, the winky eye or got the lazy eye. And, and it's because of the simple fact: if you if you don't use it, you lose it. And how often are your headlights on? Well, if you don't drive at night that often, they're never on. Well, so now we're walking away from the mechanics of this low mileage museum ride. What's going to happen if you start driving? Other than breakdowns and leaks, the value is going to drop like a rock. Yeah. So I mean, the value is going to drop like 
The value's going to drop like your willpower at an all-you-can-eat restaurant, Odd Rod. <laughs> but, okay, let's look at that. So, all right, you bought this 79 Trans Am. We're just going to use this car because it's readily available. It's got 65 miles on it, almost a 1,000 because it's just so easy to come to your mouth. But, no, it's got 65 miles on it. You know, you're talking about a car that you can't drive. You, no. Okay, mechanically, you can go through the car. You can go through the car. You can replace everything. And now you have a car with 65 miles on it that you can drive mechanically. Right. But you just paid $160,000 plus For a car another, you need to spend another $30,000 pl- yeah, on. Yeah, plus a $30,000 restoration on it. So now you got a $200,000 car that you can drive now, but the moment you step foot in it and you take off in it, that value is just coming right on down. As soon down. as you dump the first quart of oil in it, you ruin the value in it. Exactly, because it's got original oil in it. Exactly. And then you got think about that how about that oil the oil will separate oil breaks down oil has a shelf life just like everything else yeah how about the rear end i mean how about the gear oil in the rear end? i mean everything in this thing probably something that people overlook so many times exactly gear oil in the rear end i mean it's insane i mean the things i mean this car literally it's a roller so why would you not buy the 79 trans am that you know this guy's owned for 20 years and he's fully restored the car he's rebuilt it he's gone through the brakes hell he might even update the brake system on it with you know wheel woods or something like that to make it a little more reliable you know it's got dual ex- well they came with dual exhaust but he's got a better exhaust system on it he might actually they didn't have dual exhaust they actually had yeah, wide single exhaust. Split, yeah, split split. Out. so he's got dual exhaust on it now it's a little more hot rotted but it's got a fresh paint job on it. the interior's been cleaned up and another thing i think about 1979 fit and finish wasn't that great with no, you, especially wasn't. general all three yeah, uh, they got them three. out the door. They got yeah, them on the road. They, they, well, you got to keep on these were production vehicles. So, so a restored car is actually probably a better car. So now he's got this car back right, and he's asking a pretty penny. He's wanting forty five thousand dollars for this seventy nine, and God only knows the mileage on it. But there's only ten thousand miles on this brand new fresh motor. That's the car to have. Exactly. I mean, you can drive this car and enjoy it. You can drive it. You can enjoy it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to. I mean, the maintenance is just like that of a new car. Yeah, it's a little less reliable as far as it's probably carbureted. But still, I mean, it's been proven with your cars alone. A carburetor car. I mean, we'll do anything a fuel injected car will do. If, if tuned properly. If, it's not. If, if fixed properly. It's not, not, it it's might not be as efficient, efficient. Yes. But that's it. I mean, but, there's really. I mean, carburetors have been around since cars started. There's I mean, a reason they're still here. Exactly. I mean, they work. They're simple and they work. Speaking of work, if we want to continue to do that, <laughs> we got to do. We got to. We got to do a little work and play and play some commercials and pay some bills around this I'm place. I'm telling you what, at least me think to cut the air on a little bit, maybe. Anyhow, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and we'll be back right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts, Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? I got a question. What's up? Why? How do you even get these low mileage collector cars? Well, obviously someone's put them up, and they've probably sadly. I mean, died. normal people don't buy desirable automobiles and put them up. I mean, I'm sure somebody's bought a Dodge Demon and they put it up somewhere. Well, you know what? But I mean, it doesn't happen that often. But you're seeing these cars coming out of the woodwork. I talked to a guy at a car show. This has been golly, probably 12 years ago now. Uh, yeah, because I was around 15. So I talked to a guy at a car show, and he had a 68 Pontiac GTO with all the bells and whistles, everything you want, the three deuces, all the good stuff, right? 68 didn't have drop power. Whichever one, 65? 65, 6. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, so he, he had one. It had everything you could want in a GTO, everything you could ever ask for. And he told me, you know, I was admiring his car. I was talking to the guy. And he told me, he said, had I known what the value of these cars were going to do when I bought this, because he bought it brand new, 
He said, I would have sold my house and built a building and bought up everyone I could and filled it full. Well, yeah, I mean, should have, could have, would So, you know, and I think there was people, because there's always someone smarter than you, and I think there was people who saw this and saw that this was going to happen. I mean, I'm sure And they happened, did just that. I'm sure it happened to an extent, but I actually got a few theories on how a lot of these cars came to be. You got to think about it. And I mean, this is another thing. Is, well, you, I mean, you you do. You got the military thing. That's happened. Of course. It, it did. You had a lot of guys. G.I. Bill went out and bought them a new car. But, you know, and didn't come back. But it also, I mean, these cars got a lot of sad stories to them. So, I mean, obviously, a death was related mm-hmm. while the car is a low mileage car. And they car. put up because they never want to drive daddy's car. They never want to drive the brother's car. Or it car. was just something to remember them by. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so instead of having, you know, a picture, they've got a 4,200-pound car but you know what i'm saying i understand that i mean not like the ta is going to bring them back but you know but i understand that you know so they hang on to it you know and eventually it goes through the family somebody sells it so but you got that but then you got to think about it i mean there's more to it than that you got to think this was you know 70s 60s 70s 80s 90s even there wasn't no carfax back then a lot of these cars were brand hammer new and they would have a problem you know they'd get backed into or it would be in a small incident, a small wreck, maybe a stolen recovery. Keep in mind how easy it was to steal a car from the 60s, 70s, and the 80s even. Right. And, I mean, a lot of these cars, you don't think, but we didn't have car faxes back then. Well, these cars, you know, kind of fell between the cracks. And then they got fixed a few years later. Well, it couldn't be sold for new. So, you know what? They just kind of hang on to it. It always kind of stayed a low-mileage car, just kind of bummed around. Now, all of a sudden, it's a classic. And that happened a lot. You got to think about it. Even you know, even if the insurance company paid off on a car back then, they didn't always brand the title salvage. That's true. Um, that's a real, real big thing with that. And another thing is, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, the few states that did do title branding or insurance companies that did title branding, the thing you got to think about, there was a lot of states that didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a very popular thing. I mean, all the way into the early two thousands, actually. Well, even now, you can clean a title. Yeah, it's called title washing. Yeah, um, you can clean a title, but you can't clean a Carfax. That's very where they true. got you. Very true. But they didn't have a Carfax back then. But you know, it's funny. I've seen this happen. Uh, a good friend of mine, which he's got rid of the car by now, but or I know he has. He had a ninety five. Um, it was a Caprice station wagon, like mine. Um, with LT1, and, and someone had gone through this car, rebuilt the entire thing. It was gorgeous. It was immaculate. When he bought it out of Florida, the car had salvage title, and the guy had pictures. It had been hitting the front end, and it clipped this core sport, and they totaled that because of that. The guy fixed the car. It's probably better than it ever was. Well, it has salvage title down in Florida. Well, when he moved it to North Carolina, all of a sudden that title, when it came in his name, didn't have salvage on it anymore. No. It cleansed itself by trading states. But on a Carfax, they'll still pull up having a salvage title. Exactly. But well, before, if you never look at a Carfax, because I've well, never Carfaxed the car of mine. Every car is almost, almost almost every dealer has a Carfax now. Your truck had a Carfax to it. I remember it. It was on the well. On, okay, yeah, that was that was the only one. But but you know what I'm saying? It's a very I, popular tool now. I buy most of my cars, you know, off someone personal. So I mean, well, you know what I'm I never at. check that. But you see what I'm getting at. And it's a very popular tool now. Like I said, I mean, almost every car has a Carfax report pulled on it now. But another thing I think about, so there was no Carfax, and even the insurance company did put a salvage brand. Title washing was a very popular tactic. Basically, you just take the car, you insure it, you insure it and tag it in another state. You don't even have to insure it. You just tag it and title it in another state. 
And then bring the car back here, and it comes back with a clean title. Yep. Um, and now, you know, of course, DMV Records and Carfax has gotten a lot better through the years, and that don't happen. But that's another reason how you got these low-mileage cars. So this is another strike necessarily on these low-mileage cars. I mean, this pristine, this, this pristine baby that you think you bought may may have a you know a shady past to it. And I'll tell you something else about these low mileage cars and just like we were talking about earlier about that. You know, we were talking about, you know, these you know, these cars being low miles and not driven much and all that. And how some people can take better care of a car than others. You know, it's like me. I traded in, you know, a two thousand eleven Silverado that if I told you it had sixty thousand miles on it, you'd believe me. But, you know, my truck had, you know, a hundred thousand miles on it. And there's some people that, that, you know, they take very good care of their cars and keep them extremely clean. You would never know. Like we said, it had 10,000 miles. And I've seen cars with 10,000 miles that look like it had 100,000 miles on exactly. it. Exactly. Well, how about odometer discrepancies? Do you realize how easy it is to roll back an odometer in an older Especially style Especially the older they get, the well, easier it becomes. Well, you know, the thing you got to think about, this was another very common practice back in the day. And, you know, the thing that, and even in my generation, I remember this. I'll never forget, I bought a 1985 Corvette. It was actually burned on the inside. And uh, the wiring harness caught on fire in the dash. Well, I replaced the wiring harness. I bought a used dash harness for it, and I stuck it in the car. Put a new interior kit from Eckler's in there, you know, made me a nice little black Corvette. Well, my digital dash was burnt out. And there's one man in the entire country that rebuilds these dashes. So I popped my dash out, and the trick is you gotta take your odometer out because it's like a it's like a switch out service. He has them built ready to go. Right. And from you know, eighty five to eighty nine they're or eighty four to eighty nine, they're all the same. So anyway, he uh you send your cluster off. Well, you have to take your odometer out, which is still manual in a in a Corvette. I mean, the gauges are digital, but the odometer still got an electric motor. Turns the wheels. Well, you take it out with two eight millimeter bolts. And the thing is, when you take that wheel out, you can make it anything you want. I mean, it's just freewheeling. Yep. I mean, so you know, yeah, you could put it back with ninety five thousand miles on it, but you got to think about it. it's an eighty five model car. There's no Carfax on it, or there's no, or it could be. A 9,500-mile Corvette, because it's got all brand-new interior in it. It's got, you know, fresh paint. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, and there's nothing in the world that would ever say this car wasn't. You know, you can look around and say, well, there's a lot of things been replaced on it. But, you know, the odometer says there's nothing I think about, too. A lot of states in South Carolina is one of them. Once it's 10 years old, 98% of time, unless you've got proof, and I'm talking about filling out paperwork, it's going to have an exempt title on mileage. Yep. So if even if it was title stamped with over 100,000 miles on it at one time, that goes away after 10 years. And yeah. the title says exempt under the mileage. You're exactly right. So, I mean, it's easy to fake a low-mileage car, especially an older one. Exactly. So, yeah, it goes back to do you really want a low-mileage car or do you want a I car? I mean, are you, is it really worth it? I mean, Or do you want a car with a known history to it? Exactly. I mean, I would – and this is another thing. He was talking about the, about the low-mileage cars. He just said it was only new once. Right. But I'll be honest with you, if it's restored, it's better than new, especially when you start getting in the 60s and 70s cars. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, I mean, we can go back to the pace car I bought, the 77. You know, I know this car is a 46,000-mile car. I can tell it by what's been going through with it since I bought it. But, yeah, if you could find one that's been restored, you'd be leaps and bounds ahead of me because this is what I'm going to have to do with this car. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about... Now you can tell someone's went out and ran the you know engine in it because it starts up and runs and idles just fine, but transmission's leaking. You know different things are going on with the car, just old age thing. Weather you know weather moldings all around the car. It's, it's a forty year old car. It's a forty year old car. 
you know, all these things you're going to have to go through. It's like that Trans Am. You know, how much weather stripping are you going to have to replace on this thing just to make it not leak? It's got T-tops in it for Christ's exactly. sake. Exactly. I mean, so, I mean, it's going to leak on everywhere it can, you know. So, do you really want that car that's just been put up? And, and that's another thing, too. You know, he's talking about, like, paint work. You know, GM's, of course, notorious for their orange pill and stuff like that. I'd much rather have one that's been painted in a body shop and cut and buff than any car that was painted by General Motors. Yeah, because they are going to, to look this like day. A, to, they are going to look like a ginormous orange. Oh yeah. So, I don't know, guys. Hop on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Let us know about your low mileage cars. Let us know about your high mileage cars. Let us know what you think. You know, when do you going think out. they're worth? They, do you yeah. think they're worth the big bucks they're bringing now? Yeah. So jump on Hot Rods and Happy Hours Facebook page. Let us know. Jump on the one zero six three W O R D Facebook page and uh, message us there. Um, and until next time. I'll tell you what, guys. Catch us back here next Sunday. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.